What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Connections. I'm Eva Longoria, and we have a very special episode for you today to close out our season. I first started this show in the fall of 2021 as things were starting to go back to normal from COVID and I realized things will never be normal again. And there was a lot of things I didn't want to go back to normal. And I felt like I wanted to reanalyze my connection to a lot of things, spirituality, my connection to my child, my connection to my partner, my connection to my career. And so now one year later through these incredible conversations, I have learned so much on how we can connect better and most importantly to yourself. And we've done a lot of great episodes about connecting to your inner self. When I started this podcast, there were so many ideas. I was like, what about connection to this, to that, to this, to that? I mean, it was endless because we are so interconnected. There's so much about feeling connected, right? Like it's not only about being connected, but like, do we feel connected? Do I feel connected to my community? Do I feel connected to my family? Do I feel connected to my culture? And so I wanted to kind of explore this connection to community or society or culture or history or even to each other and and why the feeling of that connection is important. And I was thinking about who I should talk to about this. And so I want to welcome a very special guest. I've been working with Dr. Stacey Smith for about four years on her research on inclusion, specifically around the representation of the Latinx community and female representation behind the camera, in front of the camera. 
She's a professor at USC Annenberg and founder of the Annenberg Inclusion Initiative. So her work has not only revealed how much inclusion is lacking in our society, but more importantly, she also gives us a path forward, right? And so she's the perfect person to talk to about how can we create a more inclusive world and one where we all feel more connected to each other and to ourselves. So please welcome to the show, Dr. Stacy Smith. It's great to be here, Eva. Thanks for having me. Usually we're being interviewed and now I'm interviewing you. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. (laughs) I can't wait. I'm so happy to talk to you. First of all, I was telling you off show that I mean, I could talk to you about anything because you are issue adjacent to everything, Hmm. like not just media, but just everything, every, everything. I feel like you are interconnected with everything. And, and I want you to maybe share with us how you got into this work. Was there like an aha moment for you when you realized, you know what, I want to dig a little deeper on inclusion because I don't feel included. Like, how did this even start? Where did this begin? Well, gosh, that's a great question. And not one that I get very often. So I actually really, really... nobody asks you this because I find uh, no. I find your job fascinating. Yeah. And I always want to know, like, why? Why did you choose this? Well, I, I, I absolutely love the question. I think resonates with what you're getting at in terms of how are we connected? When I was a PhD student, I was um, studying violence in the media, and that really was my area of expertise. And you'd find this interesting. Much of my work was focusing on children's fear reactions and safety concerns as a function of watching the news. And so it was really thinking about how are young people processing real world images that they're seeing on TV and how does it relate to their safety concerns? And there were two things that I said I would never do. One, as I said, I would never move to East Lansing, Michigan for my first job. (laughs) Second thing I said I'd never do was study gender. Oh, wow. Lo and behold, my first job was in East Lansing, Michigan at Michigan State University. And the work that I did initially on inclusion was really through the lens of gender and race ethnicity and set me on this course of a wild adventure that is beyond my dreams and imagination. But wait, why why were you against studying gender? I wasn't against it. I just didn't see a lot of compelling work being done. And because of that, I wasn't drawn to the literature until... Something really interesting happened back in around 2003, 2004. I had left Michigan State. I moved to USC and I got a call from an organization called Dads and Daughters. And uh, Dads and Daughters wanted to do, and this is so perfect for connections. Dads and Daughters wanted to do a study on gender representation in children's media. Okay. But gender, haven't we solved this problem? Like, why, why are you asking me this question, right? It's 2003, 2004. And then they said, well, the person that's, you know, behind the research is the actor Gina Davis. Oh, yeah. And then what happened was amazing. So even though I was an, an identity scholar, we recruited this group of students and um, identity was their central focus of thinking through the world through a different prism than how I was raised. And they were so fired up about this project that we were doing. And we started with movies at the suggestion of my dean at the time at Annenberg, uh, Jeffrey Cowan, said, you should really look at G-rated films. I'm like, that's a great idea. So one of our first studies was on G-rated films. But the students were so fired up about it. I said, I need to lean into this because this is really interesting how much people care about inclusion. And I used to Mm -hmm. do work on media violence in the industry really 
didn't care about media violence because of the First Amendment and all of those issues in terms of storytelling. And everybody seemed to be caring about identity when we started mm. working on this. And yeah. so because of the students, I made a list of all the studies I wanted to accomplish. About 1,500, 2,000 students later and dozens of publications, we've made it through every study on the list. And so I got involved because of the enthusiasm and excitement of students in my lab wanting to know the answers about why they're not seen and heard on screen, um, whether it's in movies or on television and now in streaming. So yeah. that's the story. And, and I've been intrigued. And, you know, it's, it's, it's exhilarating to do this type of work. You never know who you're going to get called by. But to see the students come alive and they're now executives at the top across industries and they care about inclusion and they call us. Can you work with this company? Can we form a partnership? It's literally every day. Really exciting ride. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there, I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura Podcast Network where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., that's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, 
even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Are you still surprised at your results? Every now and again. Like what's what surprises you well, in a good or a bad way? Wait, like, in a good way, in a great way. So, so most of the time it's like, okay, rinse and repeat, nothing's changing. And you have to look for the bright spots. And so we did this, you know, investigation across, you know, roughly 1500 movies. And we looked at the average critic score. How are critics scoring movies when it comes to the director's identity? So we siphoned all the movies into four categories directed by white males, directed by white females, directed by underrepresented males, directed by underrepresented females. Guess who had the highest critical review? (laughs) Women of color behind the camera, which was just an amazing finding. I was going to say white male. No. So this then sent us on a series of, of we've done a lot of economic work because I asked the question, why don't we see Gugu Mabatha Raw and more epic stories. Like, where is she? I saw Belle and I'm like, this person's amazing. She should be in everything. And she wasn't. So we wanted to start doing the economic uh, 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 analyses to find out what sells in Hollywood for the, the very reason of if women of color behind the camera as directors are killing it when it comes to critical review, why aren't they getting their support mm-hmm. that they deserve in terms of production costs, marketing dollars, Right. Or or more bites at the apple, even. Absolutely. More at bats. And so while we see them working the fewest, they're making the mm-hmm. greatest impact when it comes to storytelling of the four groups that we evaluated. That, to me, is really exciting. A lot of the rinse and repeat data, no, wow. not exciting. It's actually very disheartening. It's very hard to process why there's not greater change on these issues. And you and I have talked about that quite a bit. Yeah. But why do you think that is? I still don't have the answer to that. I'm on the receiving end of these cancellations, not enough at bats, can't hire who I want to hire because they don't have the body of work to get the job, but I can't get them the job until they get the body of work. It's like this endless cycle, whether it's there's no pipeline of talent, which there is, or you know, she's never done this before or like, what do you think prevents? Well, let's back up first. Why is inclusion even important? Mm -hmm. Who cares? Well, I think two issues and people like to say folks want to be seen and heard. And that's absolutely on point. But we know that we evaluate our self-esteem, our self-worth, how we feel about our mind, how we feel about our bodies, about where we see ourselves represented. And there's enough decades of scientific evidence to suggest that 
the portrayals we see on screen can affect all of those outcomes. I mean, think about aging. Think about people that are over 60, over 65. If they see negative depictions on aging, it can lead them to stereotype their group. Stereotyping of their group in a negative way can lead to cognitive decline. It can cause changes in gait. It can affect handwriting. There's a direct path from how older people see themselves on screen and how they physically manifest behaviors and thoughts. The same is true with young children. The Mm. same is true across the lifespan. It affects our self-worth and affects our self-identity. And so seeing ourselves is actually really Mm. important in a variety of roles and in a variety of perspectives. Not seeing ourselves being excluded. There's some interesting and compelling research that that can be processed as painful. Social exclusion can lead to pain. And so think about the the psychological and physical consequences of being in pain and the stress and and, and the mental health Mm -hmm. consequences along with physical. So there's lots of reasons why this matters. And they're very self-evident, I think, to all of us. We all have different identities. You know, I might think a professor is really important. Uh, Someone else might focus on other aspects of their identity. But What we're seeing is a real returning of business as usual right now. And that makes me nervous about where we're going. Right. Not only business as usual, regressing. Because didn't female directors go down, not up? So a lot of people are like, Hollywood's turning the ship around. We're not. We're actually not. Yeah. So we saw an uptick and I was really excited with the 4% challenge, which, you know, so many of us worked on, you know, with times up, rolling out, asking people to commit to working with the female director in the next 18 months to change that 4%. And it bounced up to 10, 11%. 2020 took a hit. Most of 2020 was re-releases, right? If you look at top box office, right? They saved all the films with female directors. So 2021, we saw rebounding to Mm -hmm. kind of that, that uptick. And so now with 2022, looking at the slate of what's will be in the top 100, I'm nervous we're going to see a downward trend again. And so Mm -hmm. I think you're right. If we talk about why this is happening, I think there's a lack of intentionality with the folks that are producing the most content, not across the board, but in a lot of spaces, we're now two years past George Floyd, people are easing up right? They're not Mm -hmm. honoring those commitments, right? And Mm -hmm. we really need to think, how do we help people get the tools they need to make this top of mind in all of their decisions? And that's not happening. But not only not happening, uh, uh, worse, like (laughs) they're actually doing things that are harming the diversity pipeline, dismantling these, you know, diversity programs and things. I mean, it's really scary. I agree with you. But that's the big reason also why I got behind the camera and why I produce and direct is because I wanted to be in a position of power to hire. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there are these executives in these towers that are going, (laughs) let's not hire (laughs) women. Like, I don't think there's an evil plan to keep women out of the industry or people of color. I think they are used to Tom and Dick and Harry doing the job. So they're going to hire Tom and Dick and Harry. And Mm -hmm. I remember when I was producing and directing Grand Hotel TV show, I was looking for a DP and they sent me Tom, Dick and Harry resumes. And I said, are there any female DPs? And they go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they sent him. They didn't say no. They -hmm. didn't say absolutely not. And they weren't hiding the resumes from me. They just sent me 
who they always work with, right? And so I said, once I'm in a position of power, I am going to consciously hire women, right? I'm going right. to consciously hire people. So when I was staffing the directors, we had 12 slots and I said, I want, I want women. Let's go to the women first. And then once we filled that, then I said, okay, I want people of color, any, any gender. And then after that, I said, okay, you know, the last slots left were white male, just because I wanted to consciously hire with the lens of women and people of color. Mm -hmm. And I was able to do that. But right. that's me berating people for these resumes and going, where's the database of all this talent? And I agree with you. Like, we have to keep our foot on the gas when it comes to accountability, right, of these studios, because you're a data person, right? Mm -hmm. So if they hired one female director, last year, and now they have two, they get the press release to say, we doubled the amount of female directors. Yay. Mm -hmm. And you're like, no, no, you went, you went from one to two. Like, that's not, <laughs> no, no, right. no, right. that doesn't count. Right. Right. And so I, you know, you bring up a really good point. It's keeping things not only top of mind, but also not allowing what really ends up being oppression and hegemony not allowing that to continue by saying to folks, no, we need to consider the best person for the job. And the best person for the job isn't the ideal that you have in your mind. Let's broaden the pool. There's lots of folks that have the talent. They don't get the opportunity. And so it's going back and saying, like what you did with DPs, again, when people are crewing up a writer's room, crewing up who's going to direct, you know, the episodes across, you know, however many uh, episodes are ordered in the series, who's going to be attached to a film. And what we often see with film is really problematic in a way that doesn't really make sense. So if you have, let's say, Flaming Hot, they want a Latinx director behind the camera because the lead and the director match in terms of their background. And so then you get this great opportunity. You've been doing this for years. You're very much skilled and have the ability to do it. But all the stories that don't involve Latinx leads, you should also be getting access to those stories too. And that's what doesn't happen. They are pigeonholing people into lanes that are consistent with their identities, but for white male directors, they get to tell any story they want to. And so we really have to help, I think, executives who hear pitches and are, are, are thinking about as assembling a crew you have to disentangle identity from the director with a lot of stories that are about the human experience so that people of color aren't only telling stories about people of color. They're also telling stories from a wide range of backgrounds because that's what white men get to do. And that's why we have to even the playing field, really mm -hmm. being conscious about making sure, you know, who's getting access and opportunity is across identities, not just siloed to who I always go to or who I think is the best. Because when we do the work on critics reviews, most films in Hollywood receive a failing score. So we're not talking about this high art and this high, you know, bar that people have to cross over. There's a lot of working directors that aren't producing stuff that are very good. And yet women of color are punching at the highest across identity groups. So if it's really about talent, they should be at the first of the list of who am I going to go out to? And that's where we have to start getting people to think more broadly than just people telling only stories based on their identity. They should be offered those stories and others. Yeah. Don't you feel like 
just for the sake of humanity, it helps to see diversity on screen because that's the world we live in, right? Like, so absolutely. if I only see a show with white male actors and then there's in my community, a black doctor and a Hispanic lawyer, like I don't compute, right? Like I'm like, wait, don't you feel like this inclusion matters? And we've said it a million times, inclusion matters, inclusion matters, but because media should reflect the world that we live in because it would actually lead to treating each other better. Absolutely. And, you know, the perfect example of this in our lab we started working on Muslim representation with Riz Ahmed mm-hmm. um, with a with a project funded by the Ford Foundation and Pillars. And, you know, I'm a faith-based person. My spirituality is the most important thing to me. And here we're doing this project on Muslims. And I have to admit, I really didn't know much. You know, mm-hmm. we hired uh, someone to run the project who was Muslim. And we had a whole team of Muslim research assistants working on the projects. We all learned so much and how we're connected in so many similar ways and have so many similar experiences. We're all very unique as well. But when we think about cognitive diversity, all these different backgrounds and identity groups bring something to the table that make us more interesting and compelling and well-rounded. We just have to allow a space for that. And we often don't. It just opens up connectivity in so many powerful ways and makes life so much more interesting when we, when we do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think it's important to society for us to um, have that inclusion. Like, it's not just like check a box studios, come on, check a box. It's like, no, it's actually for the benefit of humankind. Absolutely. And, and I'm not just talking about United States. I'm talking about globally to see a Hindu person on mm-hmm. TV, to see all ethnicities, all cultures. And right. you're like, wow, I didn't, I didn't know that. Inclusion so important. And especially in a time where how people are consuming content is different. They can watch it when they want, how they want, where they want, iPhone, TV, iPad, computer, 10 o'clock at night, eight in the morning, the content consumers are in control. So because of that, there's just like this inundation of so many shows. So in order to break through the noise, you have to be innovative, right? Mm -hmm. You have to have a different perspective, a different point of view. And I think the only way to be innovative is through diversity. Mm-hmm. That's the only way is like to have a different storyteller tell that story. Mm-hmm. And so it will make content better. It will expose audiences to a variety of people on screen, which will hopefully translate to them being more accepting of people of different cultures, I think. You and I worked on the Latinx representation study and you titled it the erasure of Latinos. Like it wasn't, oh, underrepresented, misrepresented. Like it was like, no, no, the erasure. Why did you decide to call it that? And what do you think the consequences are when we are erased out of the media? Well, I wanted to call it that because not only was it accurate and provocative, but it really, I think, illuminated what we saw in the data. So you know, we've been studying the Sundance Institute for quite a few years, and um, we did a big project on submissions. And submissions by Latino directors, they're in the hundreds at Sundance. Oh, yeah. 
So you can't say that the directors aren't there. And in Los Angeles and many other large cities around the country, the percentage of Latinos, I mean, in L.A., that number is astronomically large, right? (laughs) And so we can't say that the actors aren't there because they're everywhere, right? So we took it to most studios and we didn't get to all of them. And it was really disheartening because we heard all the excuses, Eva. It was so it was so disheartening. There's not enough. There's not a pipeline. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. If only 5% of on-screen characters are Latino, and most of those are characters that just say a few words. They say, he went that way. Or there she goes. Right? I can do that. I know I can do that. Just give me a sad card. I can do it. But there's people that are trained actors that because of their identity, they're only getting access to, if they get access to play the criminal, to play the drug dealer, to play the maid. This is inexcusable. And and we heard it at the top of these companies. They don't believe that talent is there. My firm belief is talent is there. You're erasing their opportunities that they should have to play a variety of roles across a variety of backgrounds and to play on screen characters that are Latinx. And so it's really important to me to let the industry know exactly what they're doing. Because if somebody were to tell me, you're erasing me, oh my gosh, I'd be traumatized. I'd have to stop, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's what we see going on. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there, I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura podcast network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. So what do you think people outside of the media, because I mean, I know like your work is specific to the industry, but what do you think some of the biggest challenges are for creating a more inclusive world? Like whether it's in our industry or not, you know, it feels like we're we're in a very divisive country. Mm-hmm. We just talk about the United States, like we're yep. all in our echo chambers. We're yep. all in our bubbles of, of consuming content that only, you know, our algorithm tells us right. like you're going to, you want right. to hear more of this. Okay. Right. And so what do you think are the biggest challenges ahead for creating a more inclusive world and like breaking out of those borders and lines and just going, God, we are so much more similar than different. It's a couple of things. One, it's, it's looking to other places that unexpectedly we see inclusion thriving that people aren't paying attention to. Where's that? Some aspects of music, right? So when I oh, first yeah. heard the myth that you can't have an underrepresented lead or a black lead open a film in China, I'm like, have you ever heard of Beyonce? Because Beyonce is a global phenomenon. Like all of a sudden I started thinking about music and then people would say, oh, well, it's not an audiovisual mechanism. I'm like, y- you gotta be kidding me. It- it's as much visual as it is audio, right? Like, yeah. cause this is really about the top. How can consumers help with this problem? Because, you know, like we said, the problem's the gatekeepers, the problem's the people at the top. I feel like this is not a moral imperative. I'm not coming to these studios going, please hire me. I'm a woman. Please hire me. I'm I'm a person of color. I feel like it makes financial sense to cater to the fastest growing demographic in the United States. Call me crazy, but I don't know. Maybe we should program to some Latinos. And I feel like, if they don't listen to right. the moral imperative, like what about the business imperative? What about like, no, this is just good for business. And that being consumers, right? So how do we empower consumers to really take a stand and like saying, this is what we want to, we want to see more of this. How can we have more power in this conversation? Absolutely. And that's a great question. Well, so one, not only do they need to show up, they need to watch, they need to purchase, they need to engage on social media, but additionally, They need to do whatever they can to get resources to content creators to tell these stories. So philanthropists need to write specific checks, underwriting specific groups at some of the most important festivals to get people into labs, to get people the training and access to other individuals that they need. Secondly, we need states and a federal bill for tax incentives on storytelling. We need federal legislation that has inclusion requirements associated with it, along with what we see in states. Third, we need shareholder activism. We need people who have shares in these big companies 
to stand up and say, what are you doing? To take a stand at the meetings and to ask these companies for more. And we need people like college students all around the country to come together arm in arm across groups and to take a stand and say, we're going to do things different. This generation of young people, that's why I love being a college professor. This is their topic. They don't even think about inclusion the way we think about it because it's in everything that they do. We're going to have a workforce crisis pretty soon because the young people coming out of college who are inclusive, they don't want to work at the studios because it doesn't Mm -hmm. match their values. So I'm excited with the young people where we're going. We just got to close the gap faster and get some of these people out of positions of power and get new people in, you know, scoot over, let, let more people come to the table. Move over. Well, thank you so much for talking about this. I know you could talk about inclusion forever. <laughs> I can indeed. I can I, indeed. I love it. I love it. So um, just one last question I ask every guest is what's a book uh, you recommend to everybody? You're like, oh my God, this book changed my life. It could be a novel. It could be anything. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I have a couple of books right behind me, but Krista Tippett wrote this book called Becoming Wise. She has an on being podcast. She's a journalist that interviews a whole variety of different people. I'd recommend that. And then I'd recommend anything written by Heschel, who was a Jewish theologian. You know, the title of one of his books was, I Asked for Wonder. Reading, for me, spiritual texts put me in a mindset of how can I serve and do what I can for humanity. And and both, whether it's Tippett's more recent writings or Heschel's writings from decades ago, they transport me and help me connect not only spiritually, but to other people and how to serve them with the totality of my being. So I think I I would recommend those authors in that capacity. So funny that you say that because I read so many scripts that I don't read fiction. Like when I'm reading, I read nonfiction. And Mm -hmm. so for you, you're like, you read so much data. You're like, I need something spiritual. Indeed, (laughs) indeed. I want to be open to all influences, right? And make sure that my heart and my mind and my soul and my spirit are in the right place. Louis Pasteur would always say, chance favors the prepared mind. I want to be prepared in all ways. And so spiritually is probably one of the most important to me. So it's nice to be able to even mention it because I'm a scientist who believes. And and to me, that's exciting. I love that. I love that oxymoron. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But this has been amazing. Thank you, Eva, for having me on. Thank you so much for listening. I'm happy to be connected with you. Connections with Eva Longoria is a production of Unbelievable Entertainment in partnership with iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeart, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens. But trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.